Hey everyone, you're listening to episode number 11 of the Elysium Project podcast. I'm your host, Asia Rita Garnier. Elysium Project is an independent crowdfunded media company. If you enjoy the content we create and want to support this vision, please head over to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Elysium Project TV. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Elysium Project TV. For only $4 per month, you can get access to exclusive insiders content. However, any donation is appreciated. Patreon is a secure crowdfunding platform run by Patreon, not us, and you can cancel at any time. Please keep in mind, neither of us are licensed medical professionals. The information contained in this podcast is not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any disease. Today we have Brandon Cranach joining us all the way from Ohio. Brandon and Brian met at the Canada Fruit Fest back in August, and after the festival, Brian connected the two of us as we both battled with inflammatory bowel disease in the past. Brandon is a gut coach, and we're going to talk about his journey with IBD and have him share some practices that he has used to help him heal over the past six years. Brandon, welcome, and thanks so much for coming on to our show today. How's it going? Hello. Thank you for having me. and just love your project and love everything you guys are putting out, and I'm looking forward to the future of Elysium. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for coming on. So yeah, basically... I'm really excited to do this podcast with you just because it's really nice to relate with somebody else that has gone through not necessarily the same thing as Crohn's and ulcerative colitis are very different, but under the IBD category. I want to ask you some questions and see if maybe we can, you know, give the listeners some information on what practices you've used in the past to help you get to this point. So that being said, when was it that you were diagnosed with Crohn's? So I was diagnosed in, let's see here, it was March of 2012. Okay. And, yeah. and I, had, I had seen prior doctors before that, but it mm-hmm. wasn't for Crohn's related, but it was like symptoms of, but it was, I went into the hospital, into the emergency room because I had ignored my, uh, you know, my symptoms for so long that I went from you know, not seeing really doctors for this and just ignoring my body to diagnosis, to surgery, all within a few days. That's crazy. So, so fast. So when you were finally in the hospital, I mean, obviously you had all these symptoms and you weren't wanting to go in, I'm assuming? Yeah, I just, I just had it in my head that I just did not want to see a doctor. I was so stubborn. And, I, and that embarrassed if I, almost? Yeah, super embarrassed. I couldn't even tell my parents. I was even having a poor relationship with my parents at the time. So I felt like I couldn't go to them. I almost felt like it was an inconvenience. And I also didn't want to believe that I was unhealthy. I I was just like, I'm young. I should be able to, you know, get over this like real quickly. Maybe it was just something I ate, but the problems just persisted month after month after month. And my parents were kind of similar where they didn't want to, you know, take me to the doctor necessarily because like they, weren't really agreeing with Western medicine as well. So like they were in like a a toss up as well. Plus I also hid it from them, which is just like, so, so not right. (laughs) No, it it makes it worse, honestly. Yeah. It Uh, makes it worse. Yeah. So what symptoms were you experiencing uh, prior to actually going into the hospital? So I had ignored like strong symptoms for at least a year prior And it just went, I went through so many different phases. I went through just like uncontrollable diarrhea and I've gone to, let's see, I've 
felt like just like doubled over gut wrenching pain. And then that would be uh, followed by uh, just vomiting for like 10 hours a day, mm-hmm. off and on every half an hour. And I was just, I would dry heave and I just hated dry heaving so much that I would just drink water and then I would just vomit up water. And what that ended up being was a bowel obstruction. So the body's just trying to eliminate in any possible way. So I would just be vomiting and then food could not pass through because my intestines were so inflamed. I've also had, uh, let's see, anorectal abscesses, which are just like infectious little just ports of just like overburdened lymph that are trying to get out of the body. And they're like literally like acidic fluid filled pimples that just hurt and just feel so painful. So it's like I would go from like diarrhea to constipation and just doubled over gut-wrenching pain that would just last all day. And then the abscesses would just be um, just filling and draining constantly, which were just incredibly painful. And then I've had hemorrhoids, which were extremely painful. Just kind of a whirlwind of symptoms just all over the place. Yeah, and I feel like just because those are your your symptoms whereas say if someone had a broken arm it's very evident that this person is hurt but this is just such a a sensitive topic for a lot of people i feel just because it is poop related so yeah i mean you didn't want to tell your parents i'm assuming you probably didn't tell your friends either did you start to think that maybe you were manifesting your crohn's because of your own thoughts? Like I thought at one point that I was kind of just going crazy and maybe I was a hypochondriac. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I just didn't want to believe what I was experiencing. And I just like pushed it out of my mind that I, and I had no idea that there could be, you know, a problem with the digestive system and especially at my age. So I had known nothing, no education on inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's disease, like celiac and food sensitivities and all of this. I just thought everybody was okay and perfectly healthy (laughs) until you got older. And I was like, there's no possible way at age 23, which uh, let's see, I was diagnosed at age 22. And then a few months later, I had a surgery at 23. So I just had no idea that I could even form such a thing in my body. And also one of my other like primary symptoms was I had a, um, a UTI, so urinary tract infection. So what that ended up being was my intestines were connected to my bladder and this fistula. And a fistula, if you don't know, is just like an infectious little port that can even connect your intestines to your intestines or sometimes uh, connect to the outside, to the surface of the skin. And really, it's just trying to, it's your body's way of helping you get rid of that excess acidity and, and, and toxins in your body. And it's trying to get rid of it any way possible. So what happened was my intestines connected to my bladder. And then that's what really made me go into the doctor because I started experiencing a lot of pain in my bladder, let alone my intestines. And I was like, just going through, just shifting through different areas of pain in the body. And I was just, I couldn't take it anymore. Eventually, I just passed out so much from pain that my dad carried me into the emergency room. And he says, just, just no more. We we have to figure this out. And Wow. Wow. So, I mean, those symptoms you're experiencing, I'm assuming daily. Did you end up going into the hospital, like into emergency because of the pain that you're going through multiple times or? 
You know, weeks leading up to it was, yeah, I was experiencing this every single day, but like sometimes I would just not eat. I would just had poor eating patterns and my body was just intuitively telling me don't eat. So if I didn't eat, I could avoid the symptoms of, but it wasn't getting to the, the, the root cause of the problem. Yeah. It's just not if eating, I didn't it's eat. not going to, uh, you know, get rid of the fact that you have inflammation within your body. That's just going to, it's like saying that you have asthma. It's like, okay, uh, maybe just stop breathing for a little bit. That'll help. It's definitely not going to fix it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you obviously went in there and you said that you had a surgery done. So my intestines were so inflamed to the point that no food could pass through. I was heavily medicated at this point. And because I had uh, this fistula, I had believed in my mind that there was no way around not having a surgery. So I had gone into the emergency room. I had stayed in there for seven days every day did a test between endoscopy, cystoscopy, uh, colonoscopy, and uh, ultrasounds, intestinal x-rays, uh, CT scans, you name it, wow. every single day. And then eventually got you know a diagnosis and then um, figured out that there was a, a fistula to my bladder. And that's how you know E. coli and, and feces were just entering into my bladder. And um, I was scheduled for a surgery. And this was five months later after my diagnosis. So I was diagnosed in March 2012, and then I had a surgery in August 2012. And that was in order for the inflammation to go down, the medications to work, and then it could be more of a successful surgery at that point. Right. And the surgery exactly was what? You removed part of your intestine? So it was a lap laparoscopic surgery, and they removed the end of my small intestine, which is called the terminal ileum. Most of the terminal ileum and what separates your large intestine from your small intestine is the ileocecal valve. So I, my ileocecal valve re was removed as, as, uh, as well as part of my colon, and what's attached to that is also the cecum and appendix. So all of that was removed and maybe about 30 centimeters total. Wow. What was the recovery time like on that? So I was sent out of the hospital uh, two days later. And I remembered I was just so stubborn in my head at the time that I just wanted to walk out. And I tried to walk out, but I was just so weak. Even my abdominal muscles literally felt like they were like cut in half. So I was feeling really weak. And then I had to be wheelchaired out. But I remember I went back to work and I am a gardener and landscaper. So I'm doing a lot of labor. And I went back two weeks later. Oh and in retrospect, that is, that is not what you want to do. You want the body to properly heal in a proper resting healing environment. Yeah. Definitely recommend that. One of the, the things I felt right after surgery, well, I, they wanted me to eat, eat something right away. And it was hospital food. And I was like, there's no way. I, I'm, I'm not going to eat anything in this hospital. So I don't remember what my first meal was exactly. I think it was like cooked vegetables, just something real soft that I could think of. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time that food had passed through that, that surgery zone and I'd felt a lot of pain because a stricture is, is there now because they, they resect your intestines and there's going to be a lot of scar tissue there and it's not going to be pliable and stretch just like the rest of your intestines. So I remember feeling a lot of pain just with that. Right. Yeah. That, that is, um, 
that's that's intense. I thankfully have not had to have any surgery. Um, I've only had to take some medications, which I am totally free of now. Are you using any medications right now or was it just in the past? Let's cover the medications because I had been put on medications while I was in the emergency room and I had continued all the way up until my surgery and I was on uh, Pentassa. So it's uh, mesalamine. I was put on prednisone and an immunosuppressant. And I had taken those all the way up to my surgery. And I was always one to not take even ibuprofen or Mm -hmm. Tylenol or Motrin. It was always so strange to me. And I never took anything like that. So when I was put on medications and I was taking 30, 30 of these large blue pills of Pentassa every single day. And I would get, uh, you know, one month supply and I would get like six giant mega huge bottles of these things. And I took them for months and months and months all the way up until my surgery. And I had met with my surgeon uh, as a, like a post-op check-in. And I asked him, I was like, can I get off these medications now? Because I had assumed, oh, I got a surgery. Everything's fixed. Everything's okay. And he didn't give me the okay. He says, I'm, I'm sorry to inform you, but you are going to be on these the rest of your life. And you might have to transition into something else. And right there was that turning point where I'm like, there is no way that I'm going to be on these medications, but I had to do something quickly, something else. So I'd weaned myself off of uh, prednisone, which, oh, if you know what that feels like, it is so (laughs) painful. It is so painful. Every square inch of your body hurts. And then I just completely quit taking everything else. And then I I was thrown out there. I, I had to learn how to control my inflammation and get on a healing path. And it's been I have not taken any medications for over six years now, but I've done a lot to change my, my mindset, my lifestyle, and, and, and a lot of factors in my life to not take any medications and get my body into a healing gear, you know, shift into that healing gear. Yeah, because I mean, it's not just about the food that you put into your body, even though, I mean, at the time, I really thought that it was just the food I was eating. So I'm sure much like... I did. You probably did the same thing where you're like, okay, I'm going to try and mess around with, you know, 40 different diets and see what works. And then you realize that it's still all the same. Like there's a lot of mind stuff that you got to go into. And as far as family stuff goes, I find that has hugely impacted my gut health. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So I thought I was just going to dive into this. I thought it was just the physical body. I was going to eat the right foods. My body was going to heal up quickly boom, I can go back to my previous lifestyle and everything would just be good and gravy. And that just, that wasn't it. That got me started on the journey, definitely with the, with the foods and I I could feel my body changing. And then I had to learn the internal sense and do a lot of body scanning and a lot of intuition of learning my body and the signs and signals and symptoms that it was giving me. So that is a huge process, let alone the mindset and a lot of other lifestyle factors, it, it is it, health, achieving optimal health is a multifactorial process. And I just didn't, I couldn't grasp that at the time, that it was a balance of mental, physical, emotional, and also spiritual health. And it's mm-hmm. just a, a synergy of all of those things and balancing them and coming back into harmony with nature. And I just didn't know it at the time but I am forever grateful for even getting on this path. And the start of it was the food. The food is what unlocked the mind 
a proper mindset to be able to do these things. Because like you were saying with the family, it is really hard. You have to really detach from the way you've been brought up because the way you've been brought up is part of your, your pathology towards creating uh, inflammatory bowel disease or Crohn's or colitis. It's definitely, you know, patterns that you have followed and it's, and it's only a bit of piece of the puzzle. Yeah, it's just crazy because our GI specialists, I'm sure, are the exact same in the sense it's like, okay, you have Crohn's or you have colitis, whichever, and then they put you on a medication and that's it. Not once do they ask about any traumas that have happened in the past or what your family life is like. There's just so many things that I feel like we need to be aware of. And by being aware and mindful of the food that we're putting into our bodies is like the first very important step to overcoming any IBD. Absolutely, absolutely. It starts with the foods. And it, do do you want to go into a little bit of a little bit of the foods? Yeah, I would. I would love for you to. Okay, so I'm going to speak on behalf of like my uh, experiences and just the way I went into it because it's like it didn't happen overnight for me. It's like I eat a fruit-based lifestyle, a, a raw food lifestyle, raw living foods now. But I didn't get there overnight. I had known about it, but I just didn't, it didn't feel attainable at the time because my past background is just standard American diet, really mm-hmm. whatever I can get my hands on. And it was a lot of whole grains, which are, you know, they're told that they're healthy for us. They're whole grains. You need to get a ton of them a day as much as you possibly can. And also the fast foods, the convenience foods. I was also running like a a fast paced lifestyle at the time. I was working full time. I was going to college for computer engineering at the time. And I also wanted to ride my BMX bike. So there was no time for sleep or eating. I was eating on the go. I was eating in the car. I was eating dry cereal. I was eating like soy hot dogs. I was eating yogurt, granola bars, you name it. So a lot of these things are just inflammatory foods and uh, create a lot of like, like if you're snacking, you're creating a lot of uh, stagnant meals inside of you that can be fermenting or just constipating you and you might not be going to the bathroom for several days. So yeah. your, your elimination pathways could be blocked up and that could be a large part of why you're creating a lot of damage to your, your intestinal lining by food just sitting in there, you know, rotting, putrefying, and going rancid. So going to the bathroom, like high motility is a very important thing. Every time you eat a meal, you want to be evacuating your bowels because things that are sitting inside your colon or even into your small intestine is, can create a lot of damage, especially if it is a damaging food. And at the time, I was eating some of the most damaging foods so Taco Bell, Burger King, McDonald's, that sort of thing. And that, that is very, very damaging to the gut. And the foods that are going to be healing are your alkaline fruits and vegetables and soaked and sprouted nuts and seeds. And getting that transition in between going from a standard American diet to getting an alkaline foods diet is, is very, very difficult. and. Uh, just from my own path, there's just a, there's a transition period and there's ways to work towards it and there's baby steps. And, and this is where I help people. I help people transition because I know from my own self, I didn't go into a fruit-based lifestyle overnight. 
but it has given me the most healing benefits. That's amazing. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's crazy because over the last few years, I've just heard a lot of like, oh my gosh, don't eat too many fruits because there's so much sugar and then sugar will feed the candida. And if you have IBD, then, you know, candida is most likely something that you have there. So I was so worried about putting fruit into my body and it hasn't always been easy. Like there's certain fruits that I also can't eat much like yourself. I love bananas. I'm sure you also do. I can eat anywhere from like 10 to 15 a day or I can also just eat three a day. It totally depends. But I find melons, um, berries and stuff like that. I still find are pretty difficult for me to digest. Are you like, do you feel the exact same towards that? Or what kind of fruits do you eat on a daily basis? Okay. So I've gone through a lot of transitions and my gut, I did not realize was so damaged. So for after, after my surgery, I eliminated a lot of things. I eliminated a lot of grains. And for four years, I was in remission, but I was eating a high fat cooked vegetable vegan diet, which gave me remission, but it did not give me healing. So when I started eating fruits and I've been eating uh, a fruit-based diet for over two years now, fruits that I ate at the beginning digest completely different than they do now. So it's just shown me, the fruit has shown me an intuition inside the body that a healing progression and what has to be healed yet and how far I've come in these last few years. So it's very hard to stay consistent with a a fruit-based diet and learn your your body signals because for seven months, Starting out this fruit-based journey, I did not digest any fruit very well at all. My gut was so damaged. So from the beginning, I remember eating watermelon. And by the time I was done eating the watermelon, I would be already pooping it out. And now, nowadays, I can eat a full seeded watermelon, chewing up the seeds and everything, feel no symptoms at all. And it's one of the things that digests the best in me. But it is a lymphatic polar is, is this very astringent fruit, so it can detoxify very quickly. Plus, the irritation of the seeds is going to cause you a lot of pain, and I just didn't know these things starting out. So I avoided watermelon for a long time, but now, this past summer, I was eating watermelon several times a week and just melons in general. So I usually will start with the most juiciest fruit at the beginning of the day and uh, you know, go for denser fruits towards the end of the day because the juicier fruits are going to digest a lot more quickly. So I'll start the day with a lot of different types of melons throughout the week. And then I will eat maybe mangoes, a whole mono meal of mangoes, anywhere from, you know, six to 10 mangoes at a time, depending on the quality and the size. And in the evening, I could eat something like a lot denser, like bananas or dates or some kind of banana-based smoothie with a lot of berries. And like you were saying, like the berries did not digest well at all. They're very acidic. They burn my gut. And there was a lot of seeds and the seeds create a lot of irritation and a lot of skins on fruit would cause me a lot of irritation, such as uh, cherries or apples. I couldn't eat anything like a kiwi or a dragon fruit, really anything with seeds. And even uh, tomatoes, I would, I would literally peel a tomato and de-seed them in order to properly digest them and feel no symptoms of pain. Because the more that you can go by giving digestive rest, meaning like no irritants in there, even even some fruits, which is crazy, 
the, the, the faster and more rapid you are going to heal. So in general, digestive rest, even with gentle fruits, is, is going to be the best. Right. Awesome. Okay. Well, that being said, just for the people that are listening that might be going through any IBD symptoms, what are maybe like four health tips that you could suggest? Okay. Let's do like a multi-layered thing. So the first things first, believe in yourself. Absolutely believe in yourself. Your body is a powerful healing machine. Believe in its self-healing mechanisms. If you created this, it can fix it. Because it's shifting our mindset into understanding that the body is always self-healing and self-regenerating. If we get a cut on our skin, you know, it, 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 it heals without us even thinking about it. So the mm-hmm. same goes with our insides. So believe and trust in your body's self-healing capability. Now it's just you need to get it in a healing environment. So a healing environment would be alkaline, fruits, and vegetables. So there are two sides of chemistry. You know, there's acid and there's alkaline. Acid is very corrosive and very damaging. Alkaline is very healing and very nurturing, very loving. So we want to get alkaline foods into our body. So this is in the form of uh, biophoton-rich, electricity-rich fruits and vegetables. So we could start with, start your day with celery juice. Mm -hmm. Start very, very slowly because this could be very detoxifying and your body's not used to this. And um, so definitely get a juicer. A juicer is going to help you because it's going to remove the fiber, which can be irritating to the gut at first. But fiber is what we need because the fiber contains the prebiotics to create the probiotics because the prebiotic fibers are what feeds your good gut bacteria inside your body. But this is going to be irritating at first. So I would remove the fiber and I would start with juicing. And if you can, now I know everybody's coming from a different background. So definitely go slow, very baby steps. Do not even an ounce at a time. But if you can, like I was saying, the most digestive rest that you can give yourself um, as possible, especially with juicing, is going to help your body so much. It's the living, live juices. You always want to feed your body living foods, living foods for a living body. So believe that you can heal, get a juicer, eat alkaline fruits and vegetables, and try to avoid the nuts and seeds because they are pro-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. And from experience, hurt your gut a lot. <laughs> so try to avoid those for like a time. And, uh, and if you have to, you know, eat a lot of cooked vegetables. And I mean, even starchy roots are okay for a time. They do feed the fungal processes and, and uh, you know, bacteria in your body. But if you're coming from a standard American diet and you are moving forward, it is going to be so much better for your body. So any step forward, is going to be a healing process in a sense. If it is, if it is getting you to, you know, say a fruit-based diet someday, you are moving forward. Just have that goal and that vision, then you will, you will absolutely get there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go through different phases of detoxification and symptoms, and you're going to have to learn through your own body and your experiences the difference between healing and damaging and what's moving forward and what isn't. And from experience, just with Crohn's disease, I would 
certainly avoid um, beans unless they are super, super cooked. And I would definitely avoid corn. Mm-hmm. Corn for sure made me just vomit just <laughs> horrendously so many times. And also um, nutritional yeast. So there's a certain bacteria strain in there. Uh, Saccharomyces curvisiae or some, something. I don't know how you pronounce it, but it is highly reactive. And that made me so sick so many times. But here's yeah. the deal. I was eating so much dairy oh. that I wanted that dairy equivalent. And yeah, nutritional yeast was it. <laughs> yeah, the cheesiness. Because I was like, eating wow, a lot well, of... it's nutritional yeast. Like, it's super healthy. I'm like, I was, I was put, literally putting it on everything. And then I was Googling. I'm like, oh, oh, it's not good for you. Oh, okay. Well, interesting. Let's cut that out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to believe I just... Oh man, it just made me so sick. So, I mean, I'm sorry, but avoid that for some time. I've had it since, but it, it doesn't make me vomit like, like I used to, but um, it still doesn't make me feel optimal. It makes me feel very drained and uh, yeah, try to avoid that. And from the, from the get-go, if you are coming from like a, a very um, dense diet, uh, especially with animal products, one of the first things that you could do is eliminate dairy. And also wheat or grains in general. Now, there are some alkaline grains as well and quinoa, but I remember eating quinoa and that was just very, very irritating to the gut lining. Mm-hmm. But if you can get rid of wheat, wheat because of not only because of the gluten, gluten protein, but because of the glyphosate. So the glyphosate is, is going to destroy your gut microbiome. So those two alone are going to make profound changes to how your body is feeling. Mm-hmm. So let alone this other stuff, like if you get rid of dairy and, and wheat, and come on, there's, there's so many good alternatives out there that like, like nut-based cheeses, there's almost like, and it's right next to the, that same section in the grocery yeah. store. And it's amazing how abundant th- this world is and how they're creating, you know, these nut-based and just um, these plant-based cheeses to still get that same taste and satisfaction without all the pain, suffering, and inflammation. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, it might be a little bit more expensive, but honestly, don't be going and eating a whole block of cheese anyways. So. Yeah. And, and with the expense thing, it's like there is no greater wealth than your health. Mm-hmm. So. If you are trying to scrape by by buying fast food because it's the cheapest thing, but it is it is feeding your illness, mm-hmm. it is not worth being in pain for no no cost at all. Because I literally could have had suffered complications from my surgery and maybe have died. Who knows? So there is no greater wealth than your health. So always invest in your health, no matter the cost no matter the cost. Yeah. And it can definitely be tough at times. I mean, I'm sure you went through the same stuff that I did. Like I wanted to numb a lot of what I was going through. Like I didn't want to believe it. And so I would still go out and I'd go binge drinking and I'd be smoking too, because that went hand in hand with alcohol. And it was just, it's tough, but also realizing like if you do end up getting off track also just accepting it and still loving yourself, even though that happened. And same thing goes with food. Like if I ate something that I knew wasn't good for me, it's like, don't, don't be upset the entire time you're eating it. Like, okay, you made that conscious decision that you are going to ingest whatever it is. If you really want to do it, but don't be surprised if it throws you off. I've just 
realize because I do eat a lot of raw food, but I also eat usually about one cooked meal a day because that is what works for me right now. So, I mean, it's really just about finding whatever works for you, but trying to have an, an end goal if possible. Like eventually I would like to be full on raw every single day, but I mean, that's not happening just yet. And that's okay. Like this is just part of my journey and I still, I'm showing love to myself in every way possible. So, I mean, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That is a major part to it. Finding balance, like never beat yourself up over any decision that you make. Cause that, that is part of like that self love. And that is part of the healing as well. Loving mm -hmm. yourself, no matter the decisions. And especially if you're in some situation, always know that you're making the best choice for yourself as possible. Yeah. So I feel, I feel like we really covered quite a bit today. It's unfortunate that we kind of have to keep this to like a 30 to 40 minute. Uh, we'll definitely have to have you on the podcast again because I just find so much of what you share just, it, it resonates with me and I'm sure many other people as well. But I mean, you, sh you shared some of your tips and I think some to maybe include is like, I found affirmations were huge and meditating as well, just help massively. Yes, absolutely. Yoga, meditation, anything to stop that chattering mind because mm -hmm. that keeps us in a sympathetic dominant state. So getting outside in nature, so soaking up the sun, taking off your shoes, grounding, getting in the earth, getting your hands on the soil, climbing the trees, laughing, mm -hmm. playing, finding something that is fun and enjoyable to you and good relationships. Uh, like I was saying, health is multifactorial. So it's, 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 it's a synergy of all of these things and balancing them and, and the, the positive affirmations and the, the mantras daily are definitely healing as yeah. well. Yeah. Very, very important. Well, I, I absolutely loved uh, chatting with you today and thank you so much for sharing everything that you have. I definitely look forward to doing another podcast with you and just covering more of what has helped both of us in, in the past and even right now. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And this is where I help people. I am a gut coach. So I have helped a lot of people get on that healing path. So you can find me on social media gut back to nature and that's all separated by periods and I also started up a YouTube channel which it's also gut back to nature and I have a Facebook support group started as well and I also have a jumpstart uh, digestive healing tips guide as well and that will help you just dive in just a little bit into this path and get the momentum rolling and once you get that momentum rolling it's just like you are going to come up over the hill and you are going to feel so much better and you are going to get there at optimal health one day and feel better than you ever have before. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, and again, for anyone that really found this information helpful, definitely go and follow him on Instagram. It's gut back to nature separated by periods. Brendan, thank you very, very much. I look forward to chatting with you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you enjoy our content, please consider supporting us at www.patreon.com slash Elysium Project TV.